welcome to this second episode of Unraveling the Digital Human. I'm Chris Dreyfus Gibson, and it will be my pleasure to guide you through our exploration of the fascinating questions which arise when humans interact with rapidly changing technology. It would be an understatement to say that we are living through a particularly unusual time. We have been battling a pandemic which has quickly spread across continents and a large population uh, across uh, the world uh, has been experiencing some state of lockdown and the closure of shops, services and schools. Whilst many countries are starting to ease lockdown conditions and are presenting plans to to reopen shops and services, it is becoming clear that the impact of COVID-19 will be long-lasting. In the first episode of this mini-series on the digital impact of COVID-19, we explored the rapid changes both in technology and culture that many businesses had to make to enable remote working and therefore the continuity of business operations. Our panel discussed the role of automation and AI in supporting this effort, but also how these technologies will transform the future nature of work. In today's episode of Unraveling the Digital Human, the second of our COVID-19 mini-series, I want to explore our digital response to the coronavirus crisis through the filter of the education sector. By mid-March 2020, the UK's education centre had all but shut down as part of the efforts to control the pandemic. Only the children of key workers and those considered vulnerable continue to have access to schools. GCC. GCSE and A-level exams have been cancelled for this year. This educational shutdown is likely to have impact well beyond the end of the pandemic. Speaking to Wired magazine, Sam Sims, a research fellow at the UCL Institute of Education, said, when people don't go to school, they don't learn as much, and the longer they're not at school, the more they don't learn. It seems pretty obvious, really. Learning loss perhaps the impact on student mental health, how technology has deployed to increase positive outcomes, and where all this leaves us for the future of teaching. Joining me, virtually of course, to discuss all of this is my guest today, Emma Patterson. Emma is head teacher of Croydon High School, a day school for girls aged 3 to 18. Croydon High is part of the Girls' Day School Trust, the leading network of independent girls' day schools in the UK. A modern foreign languages specialist, Emma joined Croydon High as head in 2016. Over the last few years, Emma has led the school through periods of very positive change and growth and is now facing the challenges presented by COVID-19 with the same energy and proactivity. Emma, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, Our pleasure. Uh, Quite a disruptive time uh, for schools generally. Uh, How have the students and staff at Croydon High been coping? Yes, well, that is something of an understatement. It has been um, unlike any other period that I have experienced in my career. Um, The students have been absolutely incredible. Um, As you said in your introduction, we have um, girls on campus um, aged three, uh, right through to 18. And they have just been remarkable in their response. Um, They have adapted um, to what we call guided home learning, which is the um, 
the kind of online version of teaching that we have been offering. And, and they've just been incredible, incredible. Even the youngest ones have learned um, a way of managing their own work much more independently and right through to the old ones who've been continuing on their courses. And, and the teachers, well, I mean, to be honest, words fail me a little bit because they have upskilled uh, in a way we would never have imagined possible. And they have done so with enthusiasm and energy. And they've just been absolutely remarkable. Brilliant. So we'll talk a little bit later, perhaps, about the um, the future world of work and how you're preparing students for that. But th this this rapid change, does this say something about um, how your students are ready for that, that future? Well, I think it does. I mean, the, the one thing that I have noticed uh, more than anything else in my school community is, I mean, the desire to kind of work together and support each other. I mean, that has always been there and that, that has certainly been the case over the past uh, months and has come as no surprise, but it but is a joy to see. But the thing that really, really has struck me has been how creative um, everyone, the, the staff and the pupils have been with, with the problems that they've been faced. You know, there's been an absolute determination to make it work and to have continuity, you know, for the sake of the pupils and actually, you know, for the sake of all of our mental kind of well-being as well. But it's it's made staff uh, particularly more creative, more innovative um, and able to harness the power of technology in their teaching and learning in a way that, you know, we, we didn't even really do before and and I you know liked I flattered ourselves myself that we were relatively forward thinking before so it it has been great to see um I, I mean to, to give you an example we we use google meet and the rate at which we went from literally not having used it before to conducting lessons and everyone understanding the routines and the kind of courtesies that you that you adopt in, in those kind of environments, which were new to pupils, certainly, and, and new to my staff as well, has, has been absolutely great. And, and I think there's been a sense of initiative. There, there have been some really exciting initiatives um, that have come out of it. I mean, you mentioned that we're a school across uh, a network of 25 schools as part of the GDST, the Girls' Day School Trust. And one um, initiative that Croydon High led on was to... Um, was regarding our year 13 pupils, um, the ones who were just about to go off on study leave um, as as the uh, lockdown started. They were kind of furiously revising for their exams. And I remember calling all of them together at the end, you know, just before we closed the school and saying, look, I, I don't have any answers for you, but I just want to be able to hear the kind of things that you're thinking and that you're worried about at the moment. And it was such a depressing meeting because you could see that everything they'd been working for over the past two years just slipping away and the chance for them to prove themselves in their exams just taken away just like that. And, and I think they just felt a bit lost. So that made me want to make sure that they could use their time um, you know, gainfully and in, in, in a way that would be really useful for their futures. So we we came up with a project called Own It, and we, we did something very similar for Year 11. And part of our Own It um, uh, uh, programme was that, uh, firstly, we set them up with alums from, 
from Croydon High alums who they met with them digitally and I kind of you know what would you do if you were in my shoes having you know <laughs> um lived through something like this um but but you know they were kind of matched in terms of the kind of areas they wanted to go in for uh, in the future. And and the other thing that we did is we put them in touch with um, pupils in year 13 across the trust into, you know, relatively small groups um, focused on the subject that they wanted to study at university and with teachers from across the trust. So we they basically had what we called university bridging seminars. I mean, what an amazing thing for them to do to start on reading lists and to start thinking about the kind of thing that they're, the kind of topics that they're going to be studying at university. Uh, you know, what a way, great way to um, use the time that that the uh, exams, uh, not doing the exams, gave uh, way to. And all of that so, technology. Well, and, and, and a, a, a great example, I think, of, uh, innovation in crisis. So you mentioned that the, the meeting that you had, where did the idea for own it come from? How did you come up with this, this actually quite innovative use of, uh, of time? Um, oh gosh, it feels, I mean, it's two and a half months ago. It feels like <laughs> a decade ago. So let me think. Um, I mean, we I had that meeting. We had a senior leadership team meeting. You know, we were meeting kind of every half day at that point. Um, and I kind of described the dismay I felt and, you know, was questioning whether I dealt with that meeting well. And I'm not sure I gave them any sense of, you know, positivity to take away with them. And I had no answers to any of the questions they posed. And and I, I think it came from there. Um, just that in that senior leadership team meeting where we we just brainstormed and and thought right what what can we do for them um, and then the idea for the university bridging seminars um, in particular came in a a, a a meeting with the GDST heads we we have been meeting regularly as you imagine as a as a professional group um, every week during this time and it, it came from discussions with them I just thought this is what we should be doing. Uh, this is, you know, this is an opportunity not to be missed. Everyone will be sitting in front of their computer screens. So this this is just an administrative exercise to put mm -hmm. the right teachers in front of the right pupils. I mean, we had to involve some alumni where there were more specialist courses um, and, uh, and, it, and, you know, kind of a safeguarding monitor and all that kind of stuff. But it, it worked really, really well. So, yeah, I think it's just about looking for the opportunity and I must say um, that idea of how are we working better because of the situation we find ourselves in that has been a standing item on the um, agenda of my senior leadership team meetings ever since. Uh, and so um, you've got this in innovative program running uh, but of course as you said you've got um, uh, uh, girls from uh, across uh, across the the age groups within your school so um tell us a little bit more about the sort of standard practice that you've now, now sort of fallen into with the, the sort of guided home learning well i think that i mean we use we use it through google classrooms and what we've found is that we've but we've things have been able to happen much more quickly because there is there's one place to go 
and everyone is going there all of the time. So, you know, we, we had a kind of virtual learning platform before that. Um, it was Firefly and, and that worked very well as a repository of information and a kind of place to go to find things out. But just the fact that everyone is constantly on the same platform, you know, that's that's perhaps nothing new in, in different um businesses and in industries but for for teaching it it was quite powerful for us that the 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 pupils were literally sitting in front of this all of the time and so we were able to very very quickly create um for example a year nine project um while all of the other year groups were in exams year nine did their exams a little earlier so uh, year nine then had um some you know, they had just normal lesson time while everyone else mm-hmm. was and we decided to use that for a in- innovative project um, week for them to, you know, just be thinking a bit differently, using the time um, to research and to develop um, their thinking on a theme that they that was of particular interest to them. And it just all it happened so much more quickly, the planning of it and the, the communication of what they were meant to do um, than it would have done if we were all in school. And I I think that has been particularly powerful and has made us realise for the future what what is possible. And have you, what challenges have you come across in sort of moving to an online, you know, almost 100% online environment um, with the students? And there's, there's, um, you know, some of the commentary around this has been around people's access to technology at home or the impact of, on sort of mental health when they're not surrounded by uh, sort of friend groups and, and peers. Yeah. Um, be really interested to, to hear sort of your experience around those things. So, I mean, to take the access to technology uh, point, so we surveyed all um, parents, uh, you know, kind of a week before lockdown. I mean, it was fairly obvious what was coming. Um, yeah. We've seen it across Europe. And so we we... It was one of those crises where we kind of knew what was coming and, and had a little bit of planning time, which was, um, you know, quite, quite useful. So we surveyed all parents um, to find out who had what, basically. And the questions we asked is, do they have do they have access to a laptop or, a, or I think we called it a um, Internet enabled device. Um, and we also um, asked whether they had whether that was shared or whether they had their own um, their own one to use. Uh, interestingly, um, over the time of, we we then surveyed them again on the same question uh, towards the end, or, or you know more recently, and um, and that number had changed um, in terms of those right. their own device. So people had obviously you know been on Amazon or whatever and um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and 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 got some technology. But there there were those who didn't have. Um, anything at home and we had enough time to be able to use the kind of small resource that we had at school to supplement um, uh, but we were we were very lucky that most of our pupils did have access um, uh, you know otherwise what we have achieved and what we've done and the way we've done it would have been completely impossible um, some of some of the other problems I mean I, th- I think certainly at the beginning there was a real I think I think everyone's found their stride now but I think I think there was a real sense of foreboding that I sensed as everyone went into lockdown. I mean, I felt it myself personally, thinking, my goodness, literally got to stay at home and all my work has to be at home on a laptop. Um, 
uh, there were there were problems of bad backs and headaches and sore eyes and that kind of thing. So we did a lot of work sending out, you know, every morning the briefing would have a kind of set of exercises that you were meant to do that day while you were sitting on your chair and yeah. you know, little things like that just to try and help. And and yes, inter- and, and we did change our, our hour-long lessons to 50-minute lessons to allow for time at the end of the lesson to kind of you know go and get a cup of tea and stretch your legs and also upload the work that you'd completed to your teacher and that kind of thing we also um gave over wednesday period five looked through the timetable and that looked to be the most suitable to you know be a kind of non-computer based time so go and read a book or something um okay yeah but i think in terms of mental health we've we've done a lot to try and keep an eye on if that's the that's probably the wrong phrase but to look out for each other so certainly you know my senior team have um across my senior time team we've called every single member of staff at some point to just check in and check they're okay and some of those the the calls have been more regular for example if they live alone um and similarly with the girls when we notice uh, a period of non-engagement the the head of year has you know just checked up on them check what's going on check they're okay um you know we've kept the pastoral system going our counselor has been available our head of year and tutor team have have run their processes as normal tutor time has remained all of those things have been really really important and i noticed um in our um uh, news kind of links last week that a couple of girls completely off their own backs had started a kind of drop in google meet with other uh, pupils in the school um just as a kind of well you know i would have bumped into you in the corridor or, or i would have spoken mm-hmm. to you in the dinner queue so you know we're here if you if you're feeling you need a chat just just use this google meet code i mean how incredible is that <laughs> when yeah, you that's amazing. it's amazing when you've got pupils who are that proactively looking out for each other you know that sense of community and looking after each other was really really strong Oh, that's that. Well, that's great. Great to hear. Sort of the um, school equivalent of the water cooler, uh, yeah. for, for whichever offices still have those. Yeah. Um, you, but, you you mentioned your staff uh, quite a lot in there. Clearly, really key to delivering uh, all of this. Um, how have they? How have you found this process of rapid change? Do you know? I'm going to be really honest. It it has been tiring for them. And um, I I don't mean that in any derogatory way because they have been absolutely incredible and they've been they've been energized and they've been creative, as I explained at the beginning, and absolutely up for the challenge and, and to really make it the very, very best possible experience they can for the girls. But because um because you're working in a different way, um, because you're not following your normal routines, it is tiring. And just the way that you work, sitting at a computer like that all day for us is, is strange. You know, we're used to being up on our feet and catching people in the corridors. And, you know, it's a very, very different way of working. And I, th- I think it has, it's certainly taken its toll in some respects. And, and you know, they have just been giving, giving, giving. And, and we have really wanted to look out for them. I um, so, for example, we we have done little things like we added an extra day to the three week uh, weekend bank holiday, three day weekend bank holiday, Um, just because at that point, um, having made the transition and, you know, really 
worked hard to make it work and make it a good one that they were tired um and you know we're three and a half weeks away from the end of term now so I think um you know tiredness is setting in a little bit I think as well we've had to work hard on communication and really think about messaging uh we've had as I said earlier we've had a, a kind of briefing powerpoint go out every morning um just so that it's really clear and all the links that have been sent out in previous briefings are all kind of listed at the bottom so there's easy access and we've i mean it's little things like that just to make sure that messaging has been really clear um we do virtual briefings um as well just so that there's a kind of you know you can see everyone's face uh they've been doing quizzes on a friday uh break time um and they've been they've been having kind of i don't know what they call them but google google coffee chat or google yeah. coffee time or something like that so during break um i've been meeting with my prefects during that time so i haven't been able to go but you know those kind of things i think have been really really important for them um and you know the departmental meetings and such have been carrying on as usual but yeah i think communication and messaging has been crucial and and managing the uncertainty of what's to come because of course all of this is behind us but you know what on earth is ahead what does september look like so i i did a big meeting with them on um on Monday about, you know, nothing certain, but here are the ideas and the thoughts about, here's what we're modelling for September. And obviously we're modelling a number of things. Uh, well, and that's a, that's a nice segue to talk about um, how all of this uh, uh, influences the delivery of um, uh, teaching once this, uh, once the, the bulk of the, the coronavirus crisis is over. Um, so I think you're you've got a couple of year groups back at school now. Is that we've is got that right? so now we've got uh, we've got the nursery and reception are in uh, years one and six are in, and obviously not all pupils in those year groups because some are still at home shielding or they've chosen not to come in for you know lots of different reasons. But but the majority um uh, in those year groups and then as of monday we've got some pupils in year 10 and some pupils in year 12 coming in kind of a, a quarter of all of those pupils together are allowed in at one time i mean what you do with them is very limited when you when you've got such small numbers in because of course the the pupils are in and the teachers are in to do that and that disrupts the delivery of guided home learning for everyone else so we've had to mm-hmm. check very carefully what we do um, but yeah, so we've got we've got a few year groups in. And so, what does the future look like beyond uh, September or, or beyond whenever the school reopens completely? Well, I think I think it looks um, it looks socially distanced. <laughs> it looks like a lot of hand washing and a lot of um, kind of. Uh, health and safety routines that we've never had to do before. Um, it looks like uh, smaller class sizes, potentially still these bubbles of kind of the same group staying together. Um, and so all those kind of considerations we are um, we are thinking about. But in terms of technology specifically, I think, you know, thank goodness we've been through this time because that will help us navigate the problem, some of the um consequences of the things I've just mentioned much much better because I know that everyone knows how to get on to an to a live lesson and um and I think you know it has I, I think this time has 
Uh, I mean, it's been awful. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> it's been very, very challenging. But I think in terms of steps forward in innovative teaching, I think it has been probably the single most influential time that I can remember in my career. So as a school, we will be moving over to bring your own device uh, in September. I don't know when this is going out. I haven't told my parents that yet. So <laughs> we need to talk about dates. <laughs> but um, we're, we're hoping to introduce bring your own device because, you know, quite frankly, I think that we're probably going to need it. Um, mm. Because, you know, there may be a case of some year groups still at home or, you know, we're not sure yet. So bring your own device. The the project I mentioned earlier with year 13 doing those university bridging seminars, we're definitely going to do something like that again because it's, you know, now everyone knows how to do that. It's such a great opportunity. We're going to probably do something um, in year 12 with regards to, you know, um, real world ready preparation, making sure uh, our pupils are real world ready and, you know, things like language skills and cooking and uh, business writing and finance and all that kind of stuff. And again, we'll do that across the trust. Um, and and I think just, you know, Google Classrooms is here to stay the way we organise ourselves. Um, you know, we've moved very quickly from pen and paper to everything being online. And I, I think there are elements of that that, that we won't want to uh, retract and, and go backwards on. I mean, until the exams um, reflect that, then pen and paper will still be very, very important to us. Um, and indeed, they should be. Um, but that brings us on to the whole different question of exams, perhaps reflecting the way pupils work now and will work in the future. And um, I, I, I wouldn't say that they necessarily do at the moment. And that's probably a whole uh, subject of its own to, to discuss. <laughs> it, yeah. um, but but perhaps that takes us uh, nicely into uh, into looking at uh, the workforce of the future. And of course, your you know your, your instrumental uh, at Croydon High uh, and other schools in preparing the society of the future, where digital will be absolutely central. Um, so perhaps tell us a little bit about um, how your uh, preparing your students to, uh, well, to take their place as digital humans, I guess. Well, so for a few years, well, since I started, I started in 2016, and we have amazing relationships with our alumni um, who are, you know, in all sorts of different fields. And, and they, they come in to support our careers events mainly, but, you know, they come for tea and cake and you know lunch as well of course but they um in supporting um our career events and talking to them it, the the loud and clear message that they were giving us was you've got to get your pupils programming they've got to even if they're not brilliant programmers themselves they've got to understand that world and the architecture mm. of that world you know if they're going to lead and manage and 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 be creative in within that world they've, they've got to understand how it all works and and I really took on that message loud and clear. And so our response to that has been a program called Enterprise Technology, or a program, sorry, a, a curriculum called Enterprise Technology. And um, Ent Tech, what it seeks to do is to um, to teach um, pupils about the use of technology and, and and the digital world in all areas of the curriculum. Um, you know, so as well as just learning to program, it, it, it teaches them the importance of 
um, of technology and, and prepares them for the future. And they learn in a different way in EntTech. They learn collaboratively. They learn and they learn to problem solve creatively. And, and what we're trying to achieve is um, independent um, and creative problem solvers with excellent communication skills. That's our kind of mantra um, for that area of, of the curriculum. And, you know, they will say, so for example, what they learn in um, one subject, they will pick up in another. So if they're learning about Henry VIII in history, then they'll create a virtual world where you put on your headset and you will visit, you know, a, a gallery or a banquet and 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 the the, the experience will tell you all about what they've learned and the pupils create that experience for you so I mean they absolutely love it of course they do it's so much fun they get to be very creative and for us it's great it consolidates the curriculum and that's only one example of the myriad of things they do you know when they have been going on trips not over the past few months but when they go on trips they take the the 3d camera with them and they record footage so that they can create um, immersive experiences for for, for um, the pupils who didn't go, and you know that that kind of thing is utterly transformative, and it it, it brings a, a really exciting and different element to to the teaching. Well, it sounds like um, uh, Croydon and I girls are going to be very well prepared for um, uh, for the future. Um, Emma, well, uh, that, that's all we have time for today. So uh, thank you very much for. Uh, joining us uh, and being part of the conversation today. Uh, in the final episode of our COVID-19 mini-series, we will explore the role of digital in healthcare during this crisis, uh, a sector that has uh, clearly been hit uh, very hard. Um, don't miss a single episode by subscribing wherever you find your favourite podcasts or on our website at unravelling.digital. Join me next time as we unravel the digital human.